Welcome to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. My name is Stacey Hillier, and I'm so excited that you've decided to join me, some of my friends from all walks of life, as we chat about how the prophetic is purposed to build both the church and to break outside of her four walls into your world. We'll chat to prophetically minded people who will inspire you. They come from all walks of life, somebody for everyone to relate to. And each conversation has the purpose of equipping you to prophetically build and lead in the places and spaces that God has placed you. So let's go. Welcome back to the podcast. We have officially wrapped our Spheres collection. And in this, our second last episode of the season, we're going to talk about the different ways we hear God's voice or the different ways we receive prophetic messages. But before we get to that, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming on the journey. Thank you for being part of me, stepping out and obeying the God whisper. Every time you've subscribed, rated, reviewed, shared about it on social media, it's been such a personal affirmation to me and my own ability to hear the God whisper, to step out and give it a red hot go. And I've loved seeing how it's helping you to do the same thing. It's been an absolute joy to put these together. And I've learned so much from my guests and I thank each and every one of them. And also in just doing the research for the episodes, I've learned so much about so many different areas. But today I want to talk about a topic that is foundational to both my ministry but also I believe to the five-fold model of church life from Ephesians 4 that we discussed very early on in our episodes. Today, talking about the ability for each individual to hear God's voice for themselves in their everyday life. So I'm going to start with a few foundational truths when it comes to hearing the voice of God before we talk about the different ways we might receive his messages. I want you to write this down if you're not driving or type it in the notes of your phone or mark this spot on your podcast, but God is always speaking. That's right. God is always speaking. And just like any good relationship, communication is absolutely vital for the success of a relationship. I can't have a successful marriage and never communicate with my husband. Wouldn't work very well. I couldn't be a good mom and not be in communication with my children. And God is a relational God who wants to speak to us and also wants to hear us speak back to him in prayer and talk to him and involve him in every detail of our life. You see, he'll be involved with as much as of, of our lives as we invite him into. In John 10, 27, we read the words of Jesus. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And prophecy is just that. The direction of it is heaven to earth. It's us hearing God's voice through the Holy Spirit and repeating or reporting what he said. It's really important that we understand here in this foundation that God is always speaking, that he doesn't just want to have his information heard. He doesn't just want to impart information through the gift of prophecy. But the greater goal of all prophetic ministry is to draw us and others into deeper relationship with Jesus and with his body, the church. Hear me on this. If we start to dumb down or minimize or water down the gift of prophecy as a tool to grow our own personal ministries, 
rather than accepting it as an invitation to a deeper relationship with Jesus and his church, we've really stepped into dangerous territory. And the Lord will either change the tone of his voice to get us back on track. He'll do whatever he has to to help us get back on track. Or maybe even he'll draw us into a season where we have to learn to humble ourselves and we might feel like the tap of God's voice has been turned off because potentially we're not stewarding his voice well in our lives. I love Proverbs 25 too, you all know it, that it is um, God conceals and hides a matter, but kings search it out. When God hides things from us. He's not hiding secrets from us, but he's hiding them for us. And there's a very big difference. And it's one of the greatest joys of our life to search out the matter. Because the thing is, he's more interested in who we are becoming, not what we are doing. He's more interested in who the person is that has the spiritual gift of prophecy than what we are doing when we're prophesying. He'd rather focus on the person than on the doing, the being than the doing. He's not impressed with our ability to hear his voice because he actually made us to hear his voice. That's that's more impressive on his part, that he gave us the ability to hear his voice. But he is glorified when we hear his voice and represent his heart well. Let me say that again. He's not impressed with our ability to hear his voice. He made us to hear it. But he is glorified when we hear his voice and represent his heart well. Here's another foundation. God is always speaking, but his first language is not English. God's always speaking. His first language is not English or whatever your first language is. His first language is not French, Spanish, Italian. We receive revelation by our spirit. We don't receive it in our minds. We don't even need to understand the revelation to be able to receive it. We do not need to have prior knowledge about the revelation Revelation comes from God's spirit to our spirit, regardless of our minds. But here's the catch. We need our minds to make sense of, to meditate on, to communicate, and to have the ability to apply the revelation or to even interpret the revelation. So there's a bit of a caveat here. Whatever revelation you receive must be biblical. If you see or hear anything that is contrary to God's word, simply flush it. Rebecca and Jermaine Francis say it this way, do what you do with uh, toxic social media, delete it, block it, unfollow it and report it. Don't connect with it at all because God will never contradict himself. A prophetic message will never contradict God's word. It will only ever complement it. It will only ever support it. Another foundation, God is always speaking but he will not violate our free will just to be heard. God is always speaking, but he will not violate our choice or our our free will just so he can be heard. I remember when my kids were little and they'd start off saying, mom, mummy, mummy, mummy. And if I didn't answer straight away, if I was busy with something else, their voice would escalate till they're yelling, mommy, until I acknowledge them. Okay, that's what somebody does when they're immature and they don't have a big picture view of things. God is not going to do that with you. He's not going to yell so that you hear him. He is going to give you a choice about whether or not you are listening to his voice. He will not violate your free will. He is always speaking, but do we want to listen and are we listening? 
I would put it this way. If you've not heard God in the last 24 hours, you're probably missing it. And so it's a great thing that you're here listening today because I want to give you some tools of how you can not miss it. So make no mistake, there is a war on to keep us deaf spiritually. The enemy loves it when we turn in circles and lack direction and lack clarity and don't know what to do. But God and his word tells us we have access to wisdom, we have access to the mind of Christ, and we will know the way to go and we will walk in it with great clarity for most of the time. You know, Jesus would often stand in crowded situations and say things like, hey, guys, he who has ears, let him hear. And they all heard him say it. So he's not talking about in the natural. He is talking about, I want you to tune your spiritual ears into the spiritual messages I am giving you. The thing is, if he has a message to get to me, I can trust that he can get it to me. He's not hiding his voice from us. He is doing everything he can to get it to us. And it's usually us that gets in the way. For the person today who's like, I'm doing all the things, Stacey, and I can't hear God's voice. And I don't know what he's saying. Let me reassure you with this. If God could use a donkey to get a message to Balaam, he can get a message to you. If you've decided today and you've prayed and you've opened yourself up and you said, God, I want to hear your voice and you're not putting any conscious blockages in the way, God can get the message to you if he needs to. So why don't you pause right now? Just take a moment in your own words to say, Jesus, I want to hear your voice. It's my inheritance. The way you made me is to hear your voice. Would you help me today to hear your voice? Maybe you need to pause this for a moment, break agreement with previous experiences in hearing God's voice or the prophetic where it got weird or people controlled you with God's voice. Those things are not of God. They're contrary to God's word. God is in control, but he's not controlling. He has made you in a way where you have the Holy Spirit so that you can live in a world of unlimited options and he still does not need to control you. He trusts you and the Holy Spirit in you to make choices and he gives you his voice to help you make those choices in a world of unlimited options. God has a very good revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ and the finished work of it. He doesn't need to control us to make sure we get across the finish line. He hasn't done it since the garden. He gave choice. He won't start it today. But we need to hear his voice to know which way to go and to walk in it. So pause this for a moment. Tell him you want to hear his voice. Ask him to help you hear his voice. Ask Holy Spirit to show you if there's any previous experience or damage you need to break. Break agreements with fear and come back for another foundational thought. Okay, now we're all open and clear and clean. We are not going to hear God if we don't hang around him. That's our fourth foundation. We're not going to hear God if we don't hang around him. You know, often we're pleading with God to speak to us, but he already is. Maybe we just don't like what he's saying. Maybe we haven't finished what he asked us to do last. We're just not spending enough time with him to listen to him maybe. You know, we're going to spend time in his word. I like to use this example when I'm talking to people about hearing God's voice. I've been married to my husband for 22 years. When he sends me a text message, the voice I read it in inside my head is his voice because I know him well. I know where his voice goes up, where it goes down. I know where he's frustrated. I know where he's happy. And I mean, he doesn't even use emojis. And I know that because we've, we've done life together. When you read God's word, you have the ability to hear his voice inside of your head in the way he would speak. It's like receiving a text message from God 
and uh, uh, when you receive a prophetic message and knowing how his voice would sound because you've saturated yourself in his word, learnt about his character, learnt what his voice is like. Another good way, um, hanging around God is a good way to hear him, but also hanging around others who know how to hear his voice because this will spur you on and help you learn and grow. And this is the importance of prophetic community. I've got some great friends who'll send me, hey, I had this dream, what do you think? And I mean, they're they're well-established prophets, but they choose to put themselves to, we choose to be iron sharpening iron in community or, you know, God gave me this word or I saw this in a vision. What do you think? I love it when my friends are like, listen to what the Lord said to me in my time of journaling this morning. That stuff makes me want to hear God's voice more. So hang around God to hear his voice, but also hang around other people who will spur you on to know how to hear his voice. Now, there's so much more I could say on this, but I want to get really practical today. So we're going to talk about the main ways we receive messages from God. And I'm going to rely um, on the teaching of other people as well as share some of my own illustrations here if you want to read or hear some good people that I'm leaning on today, Havala Cunnington does an e-course called Prophetic Personalities. Brilliant. I'm also drawing heavily from Chris Vallotton and Rebecca and Jermaine Francis today. So let's outline four primary ways we receive messages from God. The first is we have what are called hearers. Hearers. These are people who hear God's voice. Now, hearing God's voice is a gift, and we've outlined some of the ways we do that. It brings us comfort, connection, and community. And hearing God's voice through a prophetic ministry is powerful, but hearing God's voice for yourself, when the king speaks to you directly, you feel like the royalty that you are. And hearers are the people who hear an internal voice or sometimes who hear an audible voice telling them or giving them a message from heaven for them personally or to report to somebody else on earth. Biblically, Samuel's the perfect example of this. He heard an audible voice as he was laying down at nighttime that he thought was Eli. You can read about that in 1 Samuel 3. And so he gets up and he goes to Eli and he's like, why are you calling me? And after some time, the third time, I think Eli's like, Samuel, I'm not calling you. It's actually God. Next time he calls, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. This is a prophet hearing an audible voice. This is a hearer. And, you know, this is a brilliant response when you hear God speaking is just to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. In fact, a practice that I have is when I've done my morning devotion and I've read and I've journaled about what the Bible says, I actually just put, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I allow him just to speak through me. And this can be quite an intimidating practice at first, but it really will help you grow in your ability to relay his voice. And I'm not going to go into today some of the things that will come up that will try and prevent you from journaling this way, but it is a powerful, powerful practice. And if you want to learn more about journaling the Lord's voice in this way, I highly recommend the 18-inch journey, Jonathan and Melissa Helser's series on journaling the Lord's voice. Um, But I want to ask you, do you know what his special name is for you? Like when I journal his voice, when I just put speak, Lord, your servant is listening, he calls me freedom fighter. And I write down what he's saying, just unfiltered. And when I read it back, I you know, I know it's not me. I know it's God speaking to me and it's unbelievable. Let him take your pen, address you personally and write it down. 1 Kings 19 talks about God not being in the earthquake or in the fire, but in the gentle 
audible whisper, an audible voice, but not a shouting voice. And uh, one of the things that hearers have to get really good at is silencing the noise of the world so that they can hear God's voice. One of the richest ways I've discovered to hear God's voice clearly is in contemplative prayer and scriptural meditation. And I've actually put together a podcast on this. You can look up Stacey Hilliard, Guided Prayers, actually literally walk you through encounters of how to silence the noise of the world, hear God's voice through scripture and respond to it. And I share this just out of what I've discovered as ways to silence the noise and hear that gentle whisper. So check that out today. Okay, so that's hearers. The second way are knowers. And I don't mean knower as in who built an ark or my son's name. I mean K-N-O-W-E-R-S. And knowers are very intuitive. They are hearing God's voice, but they're hearing it differently. They're not hearing that audible voice. These are people who have light bulb moments and they just seem to know that something needs to be a certain way or they just know something's going to end up a certain way. And they don't actually know this through any human reasoning, but because there has been a transference of wisdom and knowledge from the Spirit of God to the Holy Spirit in them. 1 Corinthians 2 talks about we have the mind of Christ through the Holy Spirit. And this is taking a piece of knowledge or wisdom from the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the depths of God's heart, and transferring it to our spirit, the Holy Spirit in us. And it's it's the transference of his thoughts, his approach, his wisdom, his strategy. We don't often hear knowers saying things like, oh, well, God said, or I feel, but it doesn't diminish the fact that they have received a message from God into their spirit and that it is prophetic insight and a valid way to hear God's voice. I'll often be speaking with people who are knowers and they say, oh, I don't have visions and dreams like you. And it's like, they think this is not as important, an important a way to hear God's voice. However you receive God's voice is very important and valuable. And the way you value God's word in your life will determine about a lot of other things and in terms of how it is interpreted and applied. But often knowers have a very strong sense that something just needs to be or will be a certain way. Sometimes they're very good at saying, I just got a gut feeling about something. Well, that gut feeling's from God. 1 Corinthians 2.13 says, "We we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So you're receiving not human wisdom, but spiritual wisdom imprinted, deposited to you through the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare it to you, the things that are to come. So an example of this is I had a dream once about my three sons and each of them bought a pet snake, which is literally my worst nightmare. But in the dream, I could see each of my boys' pet snakes in a lot of detail. When I woke from that dream, what I knew, I just knew it, was that the details of each of those snakes was a key to my discipleship of my boys. And so it led, it led me on a treasure hunt where I went discovering all this gross stuff about snakes, but was able to apply it to my discipleship of my boys. Now that's because I just knew that that was significant in that dream because that was a piece of knowledge or wisdom that came from the Holy Spirit. See, Noah's often get impressions. And if we don't realize we're prophetic, 
Some of these impressions or these knowings or these gut feelings can at times be overwhelming or make us feel like we're going crazy. Sometimes I can be sitting in a cafe and because I'm a feeler and a knower, um, I can get overwhelmed just with all the things I just know about what's going on in the room. And so God's had to really walk me through that of like revelation where where um, the angel says to John, come up here and have a look. Well, I've had to learn in those moments when I'm down in all the the knowings of what's going on in the spiritual atmosphere to come up higher and have a look at the higher thing God is doing. Okay, the third one is feelers. These are the people who feel all the feels. They feel God's emotions. I absolutely love the drama queen, Agabus. He's actually a male in Acts 21. He's receiving a prophetic message from God. He got some of the details wrong, actually, but that's a whole other podcast. And he's like laying down, tying a belt around his feet, saying, this is what's going to happen to you, Paul, if you go there. He's emotional. He's a feeler. He was feeling what was going to happen to Paul. He was feeling what that would mean for the church. He was feeling all the feels. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. Why? Because that was a cool name? No, because he was always crying. (laughs) He felt the messages that God gave him to communicate. He felt all the feels from God's heart and on behalf of the people. What about Moses? Dude was a feeler. He came down from the mountain and he was like not happy. And so he smashed the tablets (laughs) when the people betrayed God. He also appealed to God's emotions as an intercessory voice for the people. Moses was a feeler. There are times, because we can be bilingual, and we'll touch on this in a moment, it's not that you have to be one of these. You can be all of them. God will use whatever senses you make available to him, whatever communication channels you'll tune into his channel, he'll make available. But a few weeks ago, I was leading worship, and I just sensed this kindness come into the room and I'm leading to an empty room because it was in COVID and I feel the love of God come in such a tangible and kind way and I've learned to ask questions of that what are you doing Lord and then my friend Joel was playing on the keyboard and he started to play the kindness and the love of God that was in the room why are you here with such kindness and love God I, I need the mind of Christ right now I'm putting a demand on the fact that I have your Holy Spirit putting in demand in complete humility. I need the mind of Christ right now. How do you want me to lead your people? What what confession do you want your bride making? What are you doing right now? And I just sensed that there were many people who've suffered miscarriages during this lockdown or had bad news about their fertility again. And I felt God's heart for people. And I was able to sing what I believe the song he was singing over people was right then, which was You take the broken things and you make them beautiful in your time. What's beautiful about that is it happens to be the testimony of my life. But the melody that was sung then and the emotion that I I ministered from was what I was feeling for the people who were going through that and for the fact that God was grieving with those people. I could feel him pause to grieve with them. It was beautiful. So I got to lead this prophetic moment. I've had so many testimonies of what God did in people in that moment because I was able to feel what God was doing. And rather than caving under the weight of the burden of that feeling, because it was quite overwhelming, I asked some questions about it. I said, how can I co-labor with you, Lord? So that's often what feelings can look like. 
Feelers are often awesome intercessors because they receive a burden for something and it motivates them to pray until it lifts. Feelers walk into a place and they feel what's going on. They're like, some doesn't feel right. Some doesn't feel good. Well, that's God speaking to them. They're all they're also awesome at catching spiritual moments in the ordinary every, ordinary everyday that other people dismiss. They'll be like, you know, we need a pause here. There's something significant in the moment because they can feel something. Learn to trust that in the feelers around you. They often have powerful encounters with God's word and they find things like scriptural meditation to music very fulfilling and rich. And good feelers learn to run their emotions through the filter of God's word. When I'm teaching our worship leaders, I say, okay, it's not enough to just sing the emotion you're feeling. That's like a feather duster that tickles somebody's ears. Instead, I want you to take the feeling you're picking up from God or from his heart or on behalf of the people, take the feeling, run it through the filter of God's word and turn the feather duster into a sword that breaks things in the spiritual, that slices through things in the spiritual atmosphere. So if I sense that he's coming with great love, well, I know it's scriptural that he takes the broken things and he makes them something beautiful. I also got to sing on the end of that song, I prophesy uh, joy for mourning, wholeness for brokenness. These comes from scriptures that I've drenched myself in. So I'm not just singing feelings. They're nice but I'm singing the things that can change, the anointing that breaks the yokes. I'm bringing the sword of the Spirit from Ephesians 6. Think about when the Holy Spirit fell in Acts 2. They felt something. They felt bewildered, excited, amazed, perplexed, freaked out. They felt all the feels. When the Holy Spirit falls, you can feel stuff. We've said in the church for too long that feelings are not okay. Anything redeemed is good. Your feelings redeemed and brought under the lordship of Jesus Christ are good. Jesus had feelings. He had emotions. God has emotions. Some people right now are like, what? So let's move on. Number four is seers. In Acts 2, 17 to 18, it says, In the last days it shall be, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old man shall dream dreams, etc. So when we're talking about the seers, we're talking about the dreamers and the visionaries, the people who have the open and the closed visions. In a nutshell, seers see and then prophesy. So you'll hear seers saying things like, I saw an image of, or I just saw a picture of, and then prophesying. And in the Bible, people sought out seers for wisdom and counsel. They were used in the Bible to bring about radical change in an individual and a nation. In 2 Chronicles 29-25, we read, He stationed the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, harps, and lyres, according to the commandment of David and of Gad, the king's seer. So here we have David had a seer whose name was Gad, and of Nathan the prophet. Nathan was David's prophet. So David had a seer and he had a prophet. For the commandment was from the Lord through his prophets, and they were given equal importance and place and value in the running of David's kingdom, the seer and the prophet. Other examples of seers are Samuel, Isaiah, whole of Isaiah is uh, visions and revelations. Paul had visions, trances, John, the revelator. Just read Revelation. It's all like visions. He was a seer. 
what dreams are right throughout the Bible. I'm not going to touch on dreams today. We may do a whole other series on that. Um, I've done a series on my Instagram TVs on, on Instagram TV on dreams as well, but dreams are right throughout the Bible. They're one of the primary ways that God communicates with his people. Seers often see God in nature or they see God symbolically. <laughs> Sometimes they read symbols into everything. Uh, recently, I had some friends of mine who shall remain nameless, but they may or may not be the senior pastors of my home church, Numa Church. And um, they wanted to play a practical joke on us. So they delivered one egg on our front doormat late on a Saturday night. Then the next Saturday, they delivered two eggs on our front doormat late on a Saturday night. And they planned to just keep on going until we had like a dozen eggs by Easter. Problem was because I'm a seer, I'm like, oh my gosh, eggs are like the fullness of life inside a hard shell this is, these are curses. These somebody demonic knows we live here and they're delivering cursed eggs to our front door. So I'm freaking out about these cursed eggs on our front doorstep. And my husband's planning to camp out on the ceiling of the house because he values the prophetic in my life. Yes, these people coming to curse us, no more eggs coming to our door. So he's telling our senior pastors about how he's going to be out on the roof, like ready to just go all rogue and go ninja, go Viking on these people, cursing our house, delivering eggs, to which they eventually have to be like, actually, it's just us playing a practical joke because seers are looking for symbols everywhere and not always getting it right. <laughs> So there are so many books that you can read on this receptor, on being a seer, because that's one of the most common in the Bible. Some great books I recommend. James Gold's got a workbook and a book on the lifestyle of a seer. Anna Werner, A-N-A, Werner, W-E-R-N-E-R. She's written an amazing book on the lifestyle of the seer. But also, if you just want a masterclass, read Isaiah or Revelation. Okay, so I've got some concluding thoughts for you. We've talked about Three primary ways of receiving the message, hearers, knowers, feelers, and seers. Just remember, you can be bilingual. So you don't have to have one of those. You can have all four, or you can have one. Oh, gee. Uh, these are just recognizing and honoring and esteeming and valuing the different ways God speaks. Now, because prophecy has three stages, revelation, interpretation, and application, let me say that again. Prophecy has three stages, revelation, interpretation, and application. Just want to make sure that I'm clear that today we're talking here about the revelation stage, how we receive the message. And there's so much more to say about interpretation and application. If you'd like to hear more about that in future episodes, let me know. But here's what I want you to take away with you today. God is speaking and he is speaking to you. You may be just not hearing his voice because you don't know that that gut feeling you get could be the way God communicates with you. Or maybe you didn't realize that the way you see the world in a very unique way is the spiritual gift of prophecy in your life. Or maybe that gentle, persistent whisper, you didn't realize because it sounds a lot like your voice, that that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Or maybe you didn't realize that thing that you just know when you're sitting in a strategy meeting at, the, at work is the mind of Christ being made available to you via the Holy Spirit 
And that's how you receive messages prophetically. I want to finish today by reading you some verses from John 10. Going to read from the Passion Translation and then I'm going to pray for you. And the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd, for he calls his own by name and leads them out, for they belong to him. When he has brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them and they will follow him, for they are familiar with his voice. But they will run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of a stranger. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. As I've told you before, my own sheep will hear my voice and I know each one and they will follow me. So, Father, we come before you today. We thank you that you hear our voice as we pray right now. And I thank you that we are each designed to live in loving relationship with you where we hear your voice. Would you help us to recognize all the ways that you are speaking to us today? We need your guidance. We need your wisdom. We can't do life without your voice. So I thank you that you have given us everything we need to recognize, to grow in our awareness of, and to be able to boldly obey your voice. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I break any agreements with fear, bad experiences with prophecy, or accusations of the enemy attempting to steal, kill, and destroy our ability to recognize, hear, and obey your voice. I break it now in the powerful name of Jesus. I thank you that there will be a great clarity openness and excitement about walking day by day in revelation upon revelation of your voice. I thank you we don't hear your voice once, but we keep on hearing your voice, that we can hear you as much as we want to. We want to hear you. Give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to your church right now. I bless the listeners now with a spirit of wisdom and revelation that comes through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Next week, we've got the final episode in our very first season of the Prophetic Collective. We're going to be talking about prophetic intercession. I can't wait to see you then. Until then, do all the things like share, subscribe and be a great blessing. Love you all. And I'll talk to you all really soon. Bye, guys.